The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan and attorney Ray Giudice. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Giudice. My name is Tug Cowart. You're on Extra 1063. We're going to get to Henry Ruggs. We're going to get to Adam Anderson. We're going to get to Astroworld. How in the world were those lawsuits filed so quickly this past Monday morning after it happened over the weekend? We'll discuss that with the experts in the room. But first, we're going to talk about Ahmad Aubrey and the trial going on in Glenn County down in Brunswick, Georgia. The makeup of the jury has been a big topic of conversation. We'll get the expert opinion from Bruce and Ray. But first, in case someone needs you guys, Bruce, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, great to be here this morning. It's Bruce Hagen, uh, H-A-G-E-N. You can always get me, hagen-law.com is the website, bruce at hagen-law.com. My phone number, 404-522-7553. Always happy to help anybody with their personal injury claim if they need it or just want to talk about what their rights are. Or really, if they just want to talk about anything related to the law, if I can't help them, just like with Ray, we're happy to get them into the hands of some really high-quality people who can. Yeah, good morning. Hope everybody had a good week. Ray Giudice, G-I-U, D's and David, I-C-E, lots of vowels. 404-964-4185, just like Bruce, that's my cell number. I do answer it or text me. Don't mind talking to folks on the weekend. Uh, you know, I've always felt that if we can uh, maybe do something early and keep the fire to a one-alarm fire rather than Monday morning it's a four-alarm fire, it makes sense. Or maybe just talk you off a ledge, you know. Somebody somebody sent you a nasty letter and you're saying, what is this all about on Saturday afternoon and you can't sleep? Give us a call. 404-964-4185 or RayGLaw.com. I can vouch for both of these guys. If you need legal advice, expert legal advice, no matter what lane of the law you're in, these guys can help you out like nobody else. And that's why we do this show, just talking about the things that are going on in the world that come to a legal head and comes to court and comes to trial. And we'll start with the one that is close here in uh, Glenn County, down South Georgia in Brunswick. And there was conversation, guys, about... The makeup of the jury, only one African-American on this jury for Ahmaud Aubrey, and there was some pause. People had questions about it. Bruce, how do you see this? Is this is this okay? Is this not okay? Because I think most people feel like that maybe it's not. Well, certainly there's a perception that this seems odd in a case of this nature, right? And especially uh, in a county where the population is such that uh, African-Americans make up a third of the general population of Glynn County, you think, why aren't there more African-Americans on the jury? But it doesn't really work that way in jury selection. Uh, but the judge, uh, Timothy Wamsley, said something very interesting and, and something that I think will get a lot of attention from people, for better or worse, going forward, which he says that uh, there appears to be intentional discrimination in the way that the jury was selected. You know, those are kind of inflammatory words, right? Yeah, in, sure. in, in a case that involves so many of the issues that swirled around our country over race and, you know, are black people being targeted simply for being black and this issue of citizens' arrest and self-defense, the defense is here. You know, what Ray and I are going to talk about here is there, there's a Supreme Court uh, guidance on this, on how jury selection is done and what qualifies as a legitimate basis to exclude somebody from a potential jury pool and what doesn't. And there's a, a really seminal case on all of this. 
Kentucky versus Batson or Batson versus Kentucky, B-A-T-S-O-N, United States Supreme Court. And essentially that was a case where uh, the Supreme Court, in a very strong ruling, 7-2, to two, we court watchers are always wondering if this is a 5-4, is it a 4-4-1, meaning, you know, the concurrence agrees with one side but kind of kind of lukewarm. Well, this was a pretty powerfully written opinion. And what it said in the case at bar, meaning the case before the bar, the court, uh, was that the prosecutor had, in this trial of a criminal case, had inappropriately strucken jurors solely and predominantly because of race, color of their skin. The Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. And the Supreme Court went on to say in further decisions from other courts, lower courts, appellate courts have said, yeah, but if you can give a race-neutral reason for striking that juror, well, you may be okay. So then it becomes the definition of what's race-neutral. And I think on earlier shows we've talked about you know, the mixture of art and science and the selection or this selection, a striking of a jury. And of course, same thing. You're going to keep notes. And I'm going to say, you know what, Your Honor, when I asked this gentleman if he had ever fired a gun, he said no. And ballistics is critical in this case. I want gun owners. I want people who aren't afraid of guns. I want people who have handled guns or their brother does. Yeah. And, he, and, and that's a very rational, fact-specific exactly. basis. It, you could have an irrational, non-fact-specific basis for your right. uh, deselection of a juror, too, as long as it's not an improper basis just on the color of their skin, right? So somebody say, oh, I asked a question and they rolled their eyes. Or I thought they were giving me a dirty look, Judge, so I, you know, I, we didn't want that person there because they seemed to dislike like us anything other than the color of their skin and the original Batson case uh, you know understand that this was a black defendant where the prosecution was striking all the black potential jurors and the defense is saying we can't get a fair trial here as a black person when they're striking potential jurors just because their skin color matches the skin color of the defendant that's improper Mm-hmm. So, so now what, what we have going on here seems to be the reverse of that. And that's right. It's called reverse Batson amongst yeah. the ego. And now the, the criminal defense lawyers are accused of improperly striking, uh, I think, seven or eight potential African-American jurors out of the jury pool. Uh, and so there's 11 white folks and one African-American folk on the jury. And that, you know, the optics of that and one of the things that we sometimes need to separate uh, is what we lawyers, when we read the law, and maybe the judge is even saying, yeah, you know, the optics of this are bad. It just mm-hmm. doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. But gosh, the law says if these lawyers, these three very competent, experienced lawyers, stand up and refute the allegation of Batson violation and say, judge, I struck that gentleman because of the following. You know, my example, ballistics, Mr. Hagan's example of, well, I just didn't feel right about him. And I think mm-hmm. the further... I will say this much. I think I think you need to have a good reason. I sure. mean, I, I've always kept good notes during jury selection. And that if I'm going to strike a juror, one of the things I do is I do, a, first of all, a letter grade grading system from, you know, A to D with minuses and pluses. And then I always make sure I have something in there, the thing that was the most powerful for me about why I struck that juror. And, and I want it to be race neutral, and I'm going to make it race neutral. And it will be. But, but you know, you wonder where the art is there. Uh, and if it's just a gut feeling, I think that you're walking on thin ice there. I think you're better off having, you know, something solid. And it could be something that you just don't like. Judge, he was overeducated. I don't need a triple PhD in this jury confusing them. Right. <laughs> I want them to listen to me and the evidence, not and you and your ju- and your instructions, Judge. Right. <laughs> we don't want them second guessing you. I, I've felt that anybody who shows up <laughs> for jury selection and they're wearing a jacket and tie, 
they're off my jury. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't need this to be the most important, biggest deal that's going on in your life. Or you're like you're coming here like it's a job interview. Right. I want you to take it seriously. But you, you know, you're not here to impress me in, in your jacket and tie. And so and a, I, I'm immediately turned off when I see that. And a perfect example would be I have struck every lawyer that ever appear, appeared on my panel just because they're a lawyer. Because what I know is going to happen is at the end of the case, when the case, the jury goes back in the courtroom, the, the lawyer is going to be the four person. And the lawyer is going to be put, number one, in a very uncomfortable position by the other 11 jurors of interpreting the judge's instructions. I don't want any of that. I want it clean, mm -hmm. clean, clean. And uh, I've unfortunately, I have had a couple lawyers on the jury. I have as well. And and it's, it's, it's either that where everybody is turning to them to be the authority in the jury room, or it's the opposite where the lawyer says, just I'm just going to sit back here and be very passive, and, and you all figure this out, and I'll I'll just vote like anybody else. Don't let's not use my legal education mm -hmm. as anything uh, you know other than giving me the basis for my opinion. I don't want to influence anybody. Which else. would be preferred, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, it's it's sort of like you have you a know, case on the facts, you don't want the lawyer. If your case on the law, you might want the lawyer. <laughs> okay, it depends you know? on the I mean, situation. Yeah, depends or, on situation. Or you know, yeah. look, people and, and the cases I try, the personal injury claims I try. You know, I think the perception among jurors is that, oh, this is a personal injury case, Th this plaintiff, the one who's filing a lawsuit, must be asking for more money than they're entitled to get. That, that, that they come in predisposed to thinking that this is a greedy person here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having somebody in there who might be able to say, you know, that's really not how this process tends mm -hmm. to go, and, and it, who is a little bit familiar maybe with all the opportunities that there were for this case to be resolved fairly before it ever came to trial, you know, sometimes that can be useful to get rid of some of these um, misperceptions that people may have. Right, right. Uh, but it's a dangerous thing to, ha to have a yeah. lawyer there. And, and and I know I've been called down for um, jury service. I think you have as well. And, uh, you know, by the time I'm done answering a couple of the general questions, yeah, they, they're like giving me the bums rush out of that courtroom. <laughs> uh, I, I was called in DeKalb County a number of years ago in front of the Honorable Judge Daniel Corsi, Superior Court DeKalb County, who has since retired and a wonderful judge. And uh, I walked in there with the group. It was a criminal case. And the prosecutor looked at Judge Corsi and the public defender looked at Judge Corsi. And if you know Judge Corsi, he just has a dry but piercing sense of humor. And he just called, he just said, Mr. Giudice, I'm just going to let you go right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to take up space. Yeah, and right. I did. And he explained to the jury that I'd been in the system and was a local lawyer and knew everybody and that both sides would agree to that. And they brought yeah. somebody well, else. We had a DeKalb County judge in our jury pool. one of the probate judges ah. um, who was down there and, and, you know, had to show up for jury service like anybody else. And, and the trial judge called both parties up to the table and said, do you mind if we just go ahead and dismiss Judge So and So? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, Judge. I kind of like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, we agree to it. You know, because right, right. they've got other business to attend to. But yeah, just being a judge, being a, a lord, does not automatically excuse you. It, yeah. You might end up getting eliminated, but doesn't excuse you from showing up on the day of your service. But yeah. one quick perception that I think is wrong also is that you're entitled to a jury of your peers. I keep I've heard that all weekend bandied around by the talking heads on the news shows, and and it just doesn't mean what you think it means. That doesn't mean that this gentleman, uh, this case is going to be decided by. 23-year-old African-American young men. That's mm -hmm. not, those, yes, those are his peers mm -hmm. in, in the strictest of limited definitions, but that's not what it means. Mm -hmm. It means registered voters or people with driver's license who are U.S. citizens who are not convicted felons that live in the county and, and can say under oath and, and to the judge, I, I may know a little bit something about this case, but I promise I'll keep my mind open until all the evidence is produced and you read me the, ju the jury instructions and the, and the law at the end of the case, and I'll be fair.
That's there it. you go. There you go. We're talking about the Ahmad Aubrey trial down in Glenn County in Brunswick, Georgia. We'll keep you posted throughout the trial about things that are happening down there and the way sometimes they look. Is it right? Is it wrong? That's why we have the experts. Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice here on Extra 106.3 to break all that down. When we come back, a realm that these guys are really familiar with, having worked over on our sister station, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM, for so long. We'll get into the Henry Ruggs and Adam Anderson allegations that are up in the air right now. We'll talk about them next on Extra 106.3. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Welcome back to your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. I'm Tug Cowart. This is a part of the world that you guys reside in a lot, and that is sports. Big fans of The Fan, our sister station, 680 and 93.7 FM, both do work over there with the uh, the locker room and uh, Chuck and Chernoff shows and bring legal expertise to the world of sports when athletes kind of get caught up in the law. Can I say not just great opinions on things like that, but yeah, we have hot takes on sports too. Okay, well, yeah. And they never let me get to that stuff. See, we I mean, need for, I, for whatever they keep, reason. They hang up on you, don't they? Every single time. And so I've, I've got some hot sports takes I would like to share. Okay. And I think it's time that Ray and I get our own show on that station too. Okay, all right. Look, Either that or I'll cut you off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, just jump in and not let him finish his hot sports. Like Before we get, what, like, what's your hottest sports take? Like, give me give me one that you've had in the past that uh, that turned out to be true that they didn't let you get to. Oh my gosh, they're, they're I had the entire Braves uh, postseason rotation See? set and and bullpen order and everything figured out to the T. And by the time I even you know Chernoff even asked me the question, is there hello hello we lost him uh, he's Look, gone gone again. So, uh, you know I, I I would talk to Mr. Dickey about it. I, I think it's technical problems here. I'm I don't think I don't think there's anything against you. Nothing sinister. No. 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 I, no. It's, it's Brian Hoyt, the producer over there. He's Seriously. afraid I'm going to start talking about the Gators. He cuts me off. I see. Time. That's the problem because he's a big Georgia fan. That's, that's anyway. Sorry, yeah, I didn't right. mean to sidetrack. No, it's all right. Well, and as a matter of fact, we're going to get to uh, Georgia linebacker Adam Anderson here in a little bit. He is the rest of his season is uncertain amid sexual assault allegations that surfaced last week. We'll get to that. But I want to start with Henry Ruggs because this is a uh, a story that is unbelievable. He is uh, now an ex Las Vegas Raiders player and is expected to face more charges related to a fatal car crash that he was in that killed a woman and her dog who was inside the car as well. 
but uh, Ruggs was uh, allegedly was going 156 miles per hour when he crashed into this woman, and this would have been last Tuesday. Uh, he's 22. He's facing DUI charges, uh, and that resulted in the death. I mean, this is a this is a onion that's got so many layers to it, guys. Yeah, and amazing how quickly that detail about his speed came out, right? I mean, yeah. he, we saw the video of the vehicle that he hit up in flames, which isn't easy to do. We were not talking about, uh, you know, 70s Pintos, right? It's, it's, vehicles don't just burst into flames like that, but when they're hit by something going that fast, sure mm-hmm. they do. Um, but they came up with that data very quickly. I don't know if it was from the um, electronic data recorder that vehicles uh, have on that or if it's based on observations from traffic cameras they could have gotten that. But they even were able to say that he decelerated like slowed down to 127 at the point of impact, oh or by the time by the time the airbags opened up. Deployed. So, yeah. you know, and this, in case you're wondering, didn't happen out in the salt flats of the Nevada desert. You know, this was on a Las Vegas city street at four in the morning after a night out uh, with his girlfriend. Yeah, this one's tragic. I mean, tragic for this young lady. He apparently, uh, came to America to, you know, become an American citizen and and contribute, minding her own business, and here comes a, a missile. A missile fueled by gasoline and alcohol and testosterone of a 22-year-old young man who's got this, you know, career ahead of him. It's like, man, you know, what are you doing? Uh, He hurt the young lady in his car. She's seriously injured. So there's going to be so many charges, whether it's vehicle homicide, DUI, reckless driving, significant injury to your passenger. Uh, He had a gun apparently in the car. There's a weapons charge. Will there be civil lawsuits? Bruce and I talked about that earlier off air. And Bruce, you pointed out something that I didn't know about dram shop litigation. Yeah, dram shop litigation is when if somebody has been overserved by a drinking establishment and the bartender or waitresses who or waiters, whoever, you know, had reason to know not just that this person is visibly intoxicated and is drinking too much, but is also likely to get behind the wheel of a car, that then the um, the bar or restaurant where they've been served has some liability for the actions that ensue. Georgia is a state like that. Most states you could do that. But Nevada has a law specifically that says that dram shop cases are not allowed under the law. So you cannot hold a licensed seller of alcohol responsible for the actions of anybody who drank there, nor can you hold responsible any of the people who work at that restaurant. So the idea that, you know, it, it's no secret, uh, Henry Ruggs had been out drinking at Top Golf earlier that night, and questions come up of if he was that drunk, should they have cut him off? Is there liability there? And the answer is a very clear no. To the extent that there's going to be a civil suit, which there will be a civil case against Henry Ruggs, at the very least by the family of the woman who is deceased, perhaps by the passenger. Different issues for the passenger when it comes to certain things like what did she know about how much he had been drinking. But there's going to be claims, if not litigation, brought by both of them. And then it becomes a matter of, all right, what's out there to pay this? I mean, Henry Ruggs is a highly paid young professional football player who has a big contract, but also was driving a very expensive sports car and apparently has a very expensive home. And, you know, who knows what assets he really has or what insurance he really has. Yeah, and, you know, did he buy his insurance at 3 o'clock in the morning online for the cheapest possible provider for his brand-new racing car, or did he go down and have a good agent who got him a really good policy with an umbrella because of the homeowners? I mean, let's hope. Why are we talking about money? Well, there's victims, and there are people that deserve compensation out of his violent negligence, uh, especially in the fact that we can't get to the dram shop. So if this case was in Georgia, the family of the young lady who perished, as well as the family of the young, the passenger, they could not only sue Ruggs, 
but they could sue potentially whoever provided him alcohol in an abundance. Those cases are not easy. No, they're hard. Uh, some t- I've had them where the f- the individual came to the bar with having four or five drinks under his or her See, belt yeah, before I they guess, got there. Yeah, how would you know? And they were only served one at the bar. Uh, right. And then left and then had a wreck. So, yeah. I, so they become know, very fact specific of, right, because absolutely. it's sort of like, well, this guy was staggering and fell off the bar stool uh, and he slammed his car keys on the bar and there was only, you know, one key. And, and you know, it makes a difference too. like, OK, we're at a bar next to a MARTA station and a bus stop. And there's a uh, one of those bike stands where you can rent a bike and there's 15 scooters outside. How I don't, did get I don't know how he got here. Right. As opposed to What's foreseeable, you know, we're out along Highway 19. And mm-hmm. there's nothing around us for half a mile in either direction. And right. everybody who gets here got here by car. In today's world, even that's a little harder because of rideshare. Yeah. Right? You don't know that, did they get here by Uber. But, you know, in the old days, these were the things we looked at. And still today, something terrible happens at the hands of, of a drunk driver. You're like, all right, well, where did they get the alcohol? And who served them and how drunk were they? In Ruggs' case, the report that came out very early, which is what got me looking into this in the first place, was that he had had 18 shots while he was at... Top golf, right? Which, wow. look, he didn't have 18 shots. He didn't drink 18 shots. His blood alcohol level was 0.16, right? If you're consuming 18 shots of alcohol, you're not a 0.16. Okay. Know? Yeah. You're, under, you're, you're likely under the ground, yeah. but you're not a 0.16. Yeah. So, um, and this happened several hours after the, uh, the bar closes at midnight. Um, even in Vegas, I think it's still. Closing. And then you've got the argument: intervening cause that he stopped somewhere else to get drinks, that he pick up a six pack of beer at the at the Quickie Mart. So there's a there's a lot of issues. And I agree with you, and I do this all the time. A one six, it's consistent with seven or eight drinks, six or seven, depending on what you're drinking, but not eighteen shots of you know pure alcohol. Yeah, right. So so that's wrong. But going back to something Bruce brought up early, uh, I'm amazed at how much. Very specific, at least allegedly very specific technical information has been released, you know, early in the game. Now, now as a criminal defense lawyer, I'm like, wait a second. These cases take months sometimes with the, what we call the skirt team or the traffic specialist to measure skid marks, to download the black box, to do a blood alcohol test through the GBI, which is where criminal blood alcohol tests go for you may be drawn at the hospital, mm-hmm. but they send it to the GBI crime lab. Within 48 to 72 hours, this information is released. Now, okay, I think this would be a really hard case to defend, but it's really hard to defend if this information is getting out. But he hasn't had a day in court yet. He hasn't had an opportunity to even come in and and say not guilty. And the prosecution is waving around all this very specific technical information. It's funny you say that because one of the things that caught me is that, you know, normally something like this happens and, and a person, whether they're an athlete or somebody who's just famous for other reasons, Um, You know, the first thing you hear from their spokespeople or their employer is, you know, everybody's entitled to the presumption of innocence. We're going to let the legal process play itself out and see where this goes. And we're cooperating with the investigation. We have uh, deepest sympathy for the victims here and hope for the best. But, you know, we're going to allow this to to the investigation to go forward before we make any decisions. Here, the Raiders fired rugs within minutes, it seemed. You know, I mean, he, he was done immediately and you know if you're in Atlanta and maybe if you're not a big sports fan you might not realize just what a big deal this kid is because he's so young and is is an emerging star but I was out in Las Vegas I went to a Raiders game earlier this year there's a 50 foot billboard of this guy outside the stadium I mean he he is an absolute star in this league a star to be um, at a very young age Uh, and now that's you know look it's not the 
worst part about the story, the worst part about the story is this this poor girl's killed. Uh, and her dog, right? Uh, yeah. Just terrible. But but you know, it is a a real fall from grace before this guy even had a chance to achieve the the maximum that he could achieve with his potential. You know, our involvement with Six Eighty the Fan allows us to meet a lot of athletes, and one of them is Brian Finneran that that I do a little show with every Friday morning in the locker room. And one of the things Brian says about these cases is that when you're drafted in the NFL, you get a special card, and on that business card that you keep in your wallet or lo- download into your phone are all these secret phone numbers. If you're drunk at a party and you dial that number, the NFL will send a, a hit squad, <laughs> literally. <laughs> to, to make sure you're To, to get, get out you out of there, to get you home safely so you don't have to drive. They'll come get your car with a, you know, a flatbed or they'll drive. I mean, they really yeah, they do. Work I, I, I picture Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction you know, <laughs> yeah. being the one to come there and <laughs> right. you know, fix these problems. For right. But, but there's no excuse for this for even the average citizen with ride share and everything else. So what you're really looking at is where some vehicular homicide cases – misdemeanor vehicle homicide cases are pure accidents there but for the grace of god go every single one of us every single day when we get behind the wheel of our car and we're we're inundated with information and buzzes and beeps and lights flashing on the dashboard and all these other things that make us distracted and crazy traffic and we run a stop sign and we 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 kill somebody but that's an accident that's a misdemeanor vehicle homicide it's still serious it's punishable by up to 12 months in custody punishment for suspended license and everything else but when you get inside of a a, a, a race car let's make no bones about it yeah what, what's the horsepower on this vet 455 500 yeah, horsepower that's what they market it for yeah and you got a young kid i don't care how great an athlete he was he hasn't been driving for more than three or four years okay and he's racing this thing down city streets at 130 150 miles an hour with any degree of alcohol in him he's a killer Right. Now, we treat vehicular homicide cases differently than we treat homicide cases, okay? Right. So, in other words, if he had taken a gun, the gun that was in the car, and shot this lady in an, a traffic dispute, okay, which happens every day, that's murder. That could potential life sentence or capital crime. Not so with vehicular homicide. I believe the maximum, in a st- well, I'll tell you what it is in Georgia, it's 15 years for the felony vehicular homicide. Then, generally, you get a hit for one year. Uh, concurrent with, or, or consecutive with the DUI, one year for the whatever the traffic offenses, speeding, racing, leaving the scene. If it's a leaving the scene, it could be up to five years. But that's not that's not a murder. That's not capital crime. That's yeah. not getting to see old Sparky right. or, or or walking the Green Mile. And yeah. and that's the maximum. That's know? the maximum. And so it's right. like you know, seventeen years. Is that what I'm hearing? Fifteen would probably. Well, be here's it, where they're going to pile you know, up on him because they're also going to charge him for felony charges for injuring the passenger. Mm-hmm. Now, now what Bruce brought up earlier is her, the quality of her lawsuit against Ruggs may be diminished by what's called assumption of the risk. Hey, you're drunk? Can I sit in the car too when you go 150 miles an hour? Right. That's assumption of right. the risk. We were drinking together. I knew he'd been drinking. I've been told drinking him with stop. him all night, yeah, yeah. and yet I got in the car next to him. Right. Or, or, you know, he'd right. been angry and and driving erratically but i still got in the car but that doesn't sever a criminal prosecution you can't consent to being significantly injured in a criminal violation of law so that's going to get him into the 25 to 30 year maximum range but let me get on something racing because tomorrow uh, or coming up in the next few days at least i'm taking a deposition uh at a local county jail of the driver uh who through his showing off sort of driving and negligence and carelessness 
uh, lost control of his car and killed the 17-year-old passenger that was mm. in the front seat of the car, and I represent the family of the passenger. And I'm deposing this guy at the jail, uh, and he's there serving a one-year sentence. That's it. You wow. know, it, there was no alcohol involved. Um, there was, you know, we didn't flee the scene. You know, there's none of the factors that add heat to this where you would say that, you know, your conduct changes from the misdemeanor level of punishment to the felony level of punishment. Here with Henry Ruggs, the alcohol makes it felony. The speed makes it felony. Um, and it makes it felony with multiple victims. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's he's looking at some serious time in jail, which is, look, I don't disagree with these laws being what they are. You know, we don't want people out um, doing this sort of thing. Ray's point about, you know, the, the magic get out of jail free card that these guys are, are given is, is sort of like it's that much more inexcusable yeah, for somebody like out. this to do that when, you know, there's an entire, you know, multi-billion dollar industry here that is in place to help you so you don't do things He like could have walked up to the manager of whatever the top golf or whatever facility was and say, hey, you know what, I got to leave my car here tonight. Can anybody give me a ride home? They he would they would have fallen all over themselves yeah. to give an athlete a ride and his girlfriend a ride home. I mean, we know. I mean, it's it's how you're treated. He's a VIP. You get VIP treatment. Yeah. You don't have to be stupid. You want to race your car? There's what Andretti Motor Works up <laughs> yeah. here in North yeah. Georgia yeah. with the pros. You put on the helmet. You wear the right seatbelt, and you can go as fast as you want. Yeah. Especially in that town. I mean, that's a limo town. There's limos There's everywhere. Yeah, right, you know, right. just just have your limo out there all night. What what does what does that take? Right. Yeah, it's just a bad situation it's, it's all terrible. the way around. Um, another uh, athlete that's gotten himself, well, at least with the possibility of some um, some charges, there's allegations against University of Georgia linebacker Adam Anderson. This kid is an incredible football player, probably going to be a first-round draft pick. But uh, his season is uncertain because of sexual assault allegations that surfaced last week. Kirby Smart, the head coach at Georgia, deferred any questions because there were a lot during his press conference after the uh, the win last weekend over Missouri. He just said, I can't talk about it. So here's the thing. There's, there's you know, he, he denies the charges. Right now it's he said, she said. What what can we expect out of this situation? What what's the next step? What's going to happen with Adam Anderson? Do you all see it? I mean, his he's probably not playing anymore this season. Well, there's there's two several levels of this. Let's deal with number one. He has not been charged. Correct. He has not been booked, fingerprinted, mugshotted, arrested, indicted, accused in the legal term of an accusation, mm-hmm. which is a criminal charge misdemeanor. There's been a small a accusation of something inappropriate, which he, through his counsel, has denied. Um, and we are sitting here several, many days after the ac- initial accusation was made, and we still don't have any charges. So mm-hmm. uh, that's where it's at, stands in the legal system. Now, what the university will do uh, probably is keep him suspended indefinitely until there's a resolution of the accusation one way or another. Uh, there's EEOC allegations, there's NCAA things that have to be looked at. Uh, on, especially if it's on the accusation is on campus. Uh, he has great legal counsel, a wonderful top-flight attorney here in Metro Atlanta, really the state of Georgia, Steve Sadow. And uh, without second-guessing at all, Mr. Sadow, uh, he knows how to handle these cases. He's going to uh, counsel with his client and his client's family about keeping quiet. Don't Twitter, don't text, don't Facebook, don't YouTube. Don't make T-shirts of that have political statements on it. Lay low. In fact, I want you here at my office every morning at eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so we can go over so this again, again right? and again and again, and you're going to stay right here. 
Yeah, and Ray makes a great point that there are multiple layers to this, including that, you know, this Anderson is a student at a university as part of the state system. And and the school is going to have its own administrative um, process for how this gets handled. And that includes that when there's an allegation of, uh, I don't know if the um, young lady who brought these allegations is also a student, but if there's an allegation involving one of our students, there are protocols that are followed here, including most likely suspension from school. We've seen this at other state universities in Georgia where um, there's just somebody says something that happened and and taking that as true you know the presumption of innocence applies at trial it doesn't apply before then and so accepting the accusation on the surface as being true um, these folks who don't have criminal charges filed against them um, but have an accusation by an alleged victim out there that's enough to they're kicked off campus they're out of school they're suspended there's no fraternity life there's no any of this while this thing can just twist and sit and and linger uh, out there now one of the advantages of having this type of lawyer here and being a high-profile student is that it won't just linger it certainly shouldn't just linger it it may not get resolved in the way they want it to but part of this young man's goal is not just being able to get back on the field so he can participate in Georgia's run to the national championship, which is another hot sports take. There you um, go. It's also that I want to preserve my future Strap, rights here as, as a top 10 draft pick. I, and, I mean and, if, and, you know, I, I need to have this behind me so that I'm not going to uh, all the interviews with every general manager in the NFL and having to answer all these questions about a pending criminal charge against me as opposed to what I learned from this experience. Even more, even more temporal. I mean, let's say he was just about to sign one of the new agreements that college students, athletes can sign about the n- NIL. Yeah. I mean, Name, image, that, they had a contract on the table with, you know, the XYZ corporation. Uh, are they calling that back today or are they invoking some morals clause or something within the, that agreement? Uh, and as Bruce says, unless this is a complete clean bill of health on this and let's hope, let's hope so uh, for everybody's sake that, you know, he's going to be answering this really for the rest of his life, these things never disappear, and never mm-hmm. it will never come out of the internet. These stories that now are all over the place. I know it's just a tough for me to understand because what happens, and I'm not I'm not saying this is the case at all. But if it were to be the case, what happens if this is completely made up and he suffered this way for that long? What is his recourse? That that does happen, and and we don't know what happened here. We don't know anything about this victim uh, that, that has brought these allegations out, other than that, than that she says, you know, this was non consensual sex, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, this happened to me while I was consensually with this young mm-hmm. man, but I did not consent to any of this, and it happened as I woke up, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's all we know. We don't know if that's true. We don't mm-hmm. know, know what's there. But the allegation is enough in today's world to lead to this. And realistically, the consequences for somebody who's willing to just make something like that up are pretty slim. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not, there, there's not a balance. You know, one of the hosts of, uh, on, on 680 who we hear all the time says, you know, if you make up a false allegation about somebody and it's proven false, you should be subject to the same criminal charges and, and, and sentence that the person would have had to deal with had what you said was true. But, but let's say, let's take away from this scenario, a sexual allegation is, is dropped, it's not prosecuted by the, the criminal law enforcement of that jurisdiction. And the person who was accused files a lawsuit against the accuser, a civil lawsuit. Well, you know what? 
there might not have been enough evidence for a beyond a reasonable doubt or a probable cause investigation or indictment in the criminal world, but there might be enough evidence in the civil lawsuit world uh, where those allegations might be proven, right? Sure. You have 51%. I mean, that's what a civil lawsuit is in most cases. And uh, So you got to be careful. I get sure. cases, folks come to me, Bruce does too. You know, I was accused of this. My neighbor did that. My boss did this. I want to sue them. I'm like, well, okay. I need $195 and three sheets of paper under the Domino uh, <laughs> rule of thumb. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you better be careful when, we when they take your deposition that something you may have in the attic doesn't come out or something that you don't want people to know about or something you thought people wouldn't find out about. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just like I said to begin with, so many layers. It's like a big onion, these these cases like this, because there's so much that could happen in in both cases with with the accuser and the, the person well you got this accused. twisted world too of title nine that the camp that the university system if they take any federal funds which every university has their hand out for federal right, funds right. as much as they can get please uh then it goes through this whole title nine system which you really do stand accused and you have your hands are i've done a few of these and uh the the rules of evidence are so open and wide for university to prosecute and you're in limbo until they come up with a ruling and and basically um it, it's a bad system yeah it, it, it should be better yeah. i'm not saying we don't need a system right okay but the, but the system that's in place better. now is a bad system goodness gracious when we come back the uh astro world music festival when we started uh, the beginning of this week there were already lawsuits filed how I mean, there's eight people dead. Maybe that's maybe that's the obvious answer. But uh, we'll get the expert opinion of Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice next on your day in court. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each. These bonds earn a fixed seven percent APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. Welcome back to your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. Tug Cowart here on Extra 1063 talking about a, a story that has been in the news a whole lot, and that is the Astro World Music Festival that happened in Houston last weekend. There's not a lot that we know so far and the details are still coming out but there was a lawsuit really really quick i guess it was on monday of last week and we didn't even really know what had happened yet so i, I was confused at how a lawsuit could be filed so quickly well facts are still being developed the investigation is still being done by various agencies as well as perhaps private entities but that doesn't stop people from hiring lawyers. And this is one of those examples where it is a yet another good reason to get a lawyer involved in your case early on in the process. Why is that? First of all, 
we don't know who all the players are that potentially share responsibility for what happened. Um, but we do know that whoever they are, there's going to be a limit to what sort of financial resources are available. There's going to be a limit to insurance coverage. There's going to be uh, a limit to any assets they may have. So that's the race to the courthouse may put you first in line. Number two, and I think this is sadly probably the main reason why it gets filed so quickly, this could very easily become a class action type of a case, right? We know there were eight people killed, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe nine. Yeah, eight um, between the ages of 14 and 27. Right, and and there were a lot more injured in, as a result of this. So, you know, when you have hundreds and maybe even thousands of potential claimants in a case, then from an ease of administration standpoint, this could get converted to a class action, and the lawyers who are the first ones filing are probably putting themselves in the best position to to direct and lead that class action. So that's, you know, from a professional standpoint, they want to do that. Also from a uh, the standpoint of being able to collect the most money and attorney's fees, they want to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Live Nation, which is the promoter, mm-hmm. which is a New York stock exchange stock. Yeah, down, there's a about, Live Nation venue right next to us, the about, Roxy. It's down about 10% because they're going to be named in this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. It's reported that there's prior safety violations both at this venue and involving this performer. I saw something on the news very early this morning from the, I guess, the chief of police that's leading the investigation that he or one of his folks had sat with the performer himself and his team earlier, either before the show, and said, hey, you know, keep the crowd, don't, you know, don't pump them up too much, basically. Mm -hmm. So this seems like this this was a 50,000-person pot ready to explode, you know, a pressure yep. cooker. And, you know, uh, who knows? Look, th- there's a uh, Kardashian tied into this as well. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, Kylie, Kylie Jenner, Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner. She's a, is uh, that one that's the she, billionaire? Like the, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. so, so I'm thinking, you know, my first yeah. reaction was, why is, uh, other than just, you know, these people have this insatiable uh, desire to be, uh, to put themselves in the public light, why am I seeing her picture in this, right? She has nothing to do with it. And I thought, well, maybe she does have something to do with it. And maybe, What's you know, she she's a producer. Profits, she's a, right. she's, maybe she's involved with the film or the video aspect of it or a Streaming fashion line. Or tiny, you know, exactly who, who right. knows what, right? Well, sue and, everybody. And, 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 and that's so that's what they happen. do is that you sue everybody. A- another reason lawsuits get filed so quickly is that when we're on the outside, we represent an injured victim of something, right? We can't get the information that other folks can get, the police and investigators can get. I can't see the contracts. I can't see indemnification clauses or know who's responsible. Or how much insurance there is. How much is it, right? Unless they voluntarily share that stuff with us, we have no way of knowing until we file a lawsuit. When you file a lawsuit, there's now a compulsory process called, you know, in the discovery of facts and information that if the other side that we've sued won't give us information, a judge can make them provide it to us. Yeah, the filing of a lawsuit gives you power. Mm-hmm. The subpoena power, depositions, the spoilation letter. We talked about it earlier. A zillion pieces of videotape out there, whether it's from security. Uh, let's have names of every witness. There's this whole rumor going around that somebody was jabbing people with toxic. Yeah, I saw that. You know, right, with I mean, OxyContin. Was there enough security? Was there enough emergency personnel? I mean, there's so many layers of this. A tragedy. I mean, you're talking about teenage kids that you know. Hey, mom, dad, I'm At going to a concert, concert Saturday right. night. Okay, you know, don't, yeah, don't do anything right, too try, stupid. Try not to get trampled. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you right? say? Yeah, yeah, what right. you, say? Yeah. you know, there's some precedent here too. Uh, if you remember, it was about ten years ago. Uh, there was a Sugarland concert, mm-hmm. right, in uh, yep. Kansas or Indiana, I think. And as the stage was being uh, set up for them, high winds that came in and the the stage collapsed and That's people right. got crushed. 
And Live Nation was one of the defendants in that case as well, as was the band Sugarland. And there was some global settlement on behalf of uh, all the victims. And so, you know, that that's where again, the thought of this maybe converting to something akin to a class action could come up because that's how it was resolved in that case. Generally what happens here is one of the family members of one of these young people killed will reach out to their local lawyer like Bruce or myself and we'll then either take the case or bring it to the big, fir- there are firms, law firms that specialize in what we call mass torts. When an airplane crashes, which doesn't happen as much as it used to, thank goodness, those airplane lawyers are on the scene within 24 hours with contracts, signing up family members. Happens all the time. And they specialize in, they've got the, they've got the talent, they've got the money, and they've got the reputation for bringing these big mass torts forward. Kind of morbid, but uh, one of my good friends from law school is one of those plane mm-hmm, crash mm-hmm. lawyers up in New York. He says he described himself as probably the, only, the the first person in New York to curse the name of Sully Sullenberger for landing that plane safely in the Hudson River so <laughs> okay, famously. That's, right. that's awful. Um, it's horrible, it, right? But I mean, that's, I mean, you know, it's gallows yes, humor. But, yes. but yeah, he, he, he called him that effing Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, you know what, you because you said, you're right, is that planes don't crash nearly as much as they used to. But what about trains and, and all, buses? So all the same thing. All the same thing. Yep, okay. yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the big guys and gals in that industry are re- they have they have they have accident reconstruction experts they're flying drones over the scene they're getting everybody's name video you know names and videotapes and statements they're putting that case together and I'm sure that's what's happened here and there'll probably be more claims as people say you know hey my neck is sore I was I was injured in that thing too you know yeah. well yeah. everybody grieves differently and not uh, not stress. everybody in their immediate grief from losing somebody who's trampled to death at a concert Absolutely. is on the phone with Ben Crump the next day that's right yeah. uh, or one of the other lawyers who was first to get these cases filed um but they will yeah you know, at some point at some point you start feeling that that loss and feeling like you've been wronged or the person that was, was killed was it's, wronged. it's part of the process and, and again I, you know ray and i both come back to this we it's so much easier for us to to get a great result for clients when they hire us early in the process rather than late so so take imagine no lawsuit had been filed here right and somebody contacts a lawyer the day after it happens, I need you to deal with this. I have to focus on burying my loved one. I need to focus on right. healing, but I want to make sure I'm being protected, right? As opposed to, I'm not even going to think about this for another year, and then a year from now, I'm going to go hire a lawyer. Mm. Well, all that information, all those witnesses, all the ability to, to really do the things that you can do to help somebody ha- have been minimized by virtue of nothing else other than just that delay. Time is of the essence, no doubt about it. And if you're in a situation where you need legal help or legal advice, I would encourage you to reach out to Bruce or Ray. We'll start with you, Bruce. How do you get a hold, how do folks get a hold of you? Anybody can call me 404-522-7553. Email is bruce at hagen-law.com. You can hit me on Twitter at Peeps Lawyer, uh, on Instagram, on I guess I'm on TikTok. I don't really look. But, you know, <laughs> point being, there are multiple ways to get hold of me, and, and I'm here and ready to answer any questions and help you with whatever you need. Ray Judice. I, I was swiping left and right the other night. And I saw <laughs> That's you, right, I saw dude. There you were. <laughs> 404-964-4185. I have uh, left the city of Atlanta. I am now, my offices are now in the city of Roswell, and we're loving it up here. Uh, we'll still take cases if you're downtown or midtown or uptown, but... Nice offices here in Roswell. Come up and have a cup of coffee with us. I've got uh, my big dog comes to the office with me now, the big standard poodle, Dante, and he's he's client-friendly, so come on up. That's good news. Uh, reach out to either of these guys if you need help 
with a legal situation or just legal advice, this is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Have a great weekend. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.